Kia ora everyone, and welcome to Black Comet Radio, an Age of Sigmar podcast from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Today, we've got a double header of an episode, as I'll be talking to a pair of teachers, Charlie and Zane, from St. Patrick's College in Silverstream, Upper Hutt. We'll be chatting about the Warhammer Club they run there, what the kids get out of it, and how we can support them in the wider community. A quick side note before we jump in, St. Patrick's is an all-boys school, so when we talk about getting the boys involved in the hobby, we're talking about that context. Black Comet Radio is as keen as anyone to get women involved in the hobby, and hopefully we'll have an episode about that in the future. Anyway, without any further delay, let's bring on our guests. Well, welcome back, everyone. I've got with me right now our two guests for the episode, Zane Burkett and Charlie Lloyd. How are you guys? Hey, doing awesome. Fantastic. How about we start off just by allowing, uh, getting you guys to introduce yourselves one at a time, uh, get to hear your voices, recognize who's who. Just tell us about, I guess, how you got started in the hobby, um, whether that was just recently or a long time ago, and your story up until this point. And... Yeah, anything else you think might be exciting and interesting about yourselves. How about we start with uh, Zane? Well, um, I'm Zane Burkett. I'm a teacher at St. Pat Silverstream, and I've probably been into the hobby, well, Warhammer itself, for about 12 years or so, but I've always been sort of within and around miniatures and board gaming and things like that since from a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. But my introductions into the hobby itself was primarily through my, actually my grandfather, who used to build a lot of model kit planes and tanks and those sort of things, as well as making fishing lures. So I used to always help him with that, but it wasn't until I reached high school that I actually got into Warhammer itself. And that was through a teacher at the school who ran a club very similar to the one that we have here. Awesome. Cool. Uh, what about you, Charlie? Yeah, well, well Charlie, uh, I... Uh, Originally started uh, when I was seven and I'm 29 now. So if you want to do the math, that's quite a long time. Yeah, so started walking into a games workshop thinking it was pretty cool and pretty much stayed looking at games workshop hobby pretty much as my sole thing. I've dabbled in a few other areas, but um, Warhammer Fantasy 8th Ed was sort of the pinnacle of my um, playing. Played a lot of tournaments in that system and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I've worked for Games Workshop here in Wellington. Okay. So I uh, worked with uh, the manager, Nathan and Luke, in Lower Hutt for a little bit. And then after going to Teachers College, I got a job um, here at one of the local high schools. And I thought, actually, um, you know, with all the extracurricular activities these boys get access to, this was something that I think they should have an opportunity to see and, and do. And with all the stuff that um, I've learned from working for Games Workshop and introducing people to the hobby, I thought, oh, let's just do this. And um, yeah, so set up a club and yeah, been sort of doing it for four years now. Great, cool. So that, the club, I mean, so the club's, I guess the key point I'm interested in talking with you guys about, you mentioned it was set up around four years ago. Was that a, a joint effort between you two guys? Did you, um, well, I uh, set it up originally um, because Zane actually didn't work here no, uh, four years right. ago, so he, <laughs> he joined us last year. Um, so, yeah, I just sort of ran it out of our library. Um, we've got a great librarian mm, who, mm. Um, you know, wants to get make the library a sort of a hub of, of 
everything. It's not just this stereotypical, quiet, um, you know, if you speak, you're kicked out type thing. It's quite a lively mm-hmm. place with a lot of clubs. Um, so I just stuck a cabinet full of miniatures one day. Um, it bounced off of chests, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stuck a cabinet of models okay. in the thing in the library here, and just said, "Look, there's going to be a club meeting this day." And I had, I think, four boys turn up. So we're an all boys school, mm-hmm. um, and it's sort of built from there. And I think we've had at most this year probably sixteen as our mm-hmm. sort of wow. average number. Yeah. yeah. And how big's the roll at St. Pat's? Uh, Seven hundred and fifty. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Cool. And so when you started there, Zane, did you just see the club and thought, oh, I could give that a go as well? I could help run that? Or Well, it was quite funny because I started here term two last year as a long-term reliever. And all I remember is on my, I think my first week here, you know, this woman comes up to me, small woman, and starts telling me about, oh, you're a new teacher here. And, um, you know, you look like you're probably into Warhammer and stuff like that. And um, that turned out to be Cindy, the librarian. Um, Great. Yeah, and she said, hey, look, we've got, you know, this space which we use for the boys for chess and for, you know, Warhammer that Charlie's running. And at first I was a bit like, okay, all right. Um, I'm just going to keep my nose, uh, keep my head down. I'm just going to keep, you know, working here because I don't really have much of an interest in helping with extracurricular stuff at the time. But then I think it was the second week I was here, I went on a field trip to Tongariro with Charlie and another teacher. And I didn't realize Charlie was that Charlie that was the one that was running the Warhammer Club because I'd never spoken to him before. (laughs) And it was on the bus. I was talking to a student because I was running this this D&D sort of thing that you do on car rides and stuff like that. You make stuff up as you go. And then yeah. I was mentioning to a student because he asked, well, what other things I'm interested in? I said, Warhammer. And then Charlie sort of leaned over the chair and we started talking about Rogue Trader. And just, oh, yeah. it probably went from there. And it was the next week after that, I rocked up to the club. And there were these, you know, three senior boys playing Warhammer. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this. Sweet. So run us through... Uh, the club what does it mean to have a, a warhammer club at school is it during lunchtime is it after school you know and what what goes on at a warhammer club so we um it's sort of week by week the boys have access to all of my terrain that i've sort of gathered over many years um so basically most of my hobby collection is in the library at the moment um, which means I don't have to store it at my house, which my wife's happy about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have access to a load of paints um, that we've got, so they can do uh, building painting. Um, one of us will probably be playing one of the other students as well. Um, yeah. Zane's been running some D&D sessions as well. We've been sort of training, trying to train up boys to be able to manage the games themselves. We're actually looking at yeah. <laughs> um, a group of boys playing D&D and I think Pandemic is a board game as well over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said last week we had um, a sort of war, uh, AOS skirmish uh, game going on. So it can change every week. But it's very, very... Um sort of by the seat of our pants because mm-hmm. I mean the thing is with adolescent boys is they're not very good at forward thinking you know we try <laughs> yeah. and teach them to yeah. plan ahead but pretty much with these boys you have to catch them in the corridor and say alright what are you doing on Wednesday and then they'll tell you and you go okay cool I can set that up for you and then you Great. go from there but uh, Shade Spy is a really big one that mm-hmm. the boys get into yeah. um, 
especially as I mentioned earlier with the with the sort of the club bouncing off that chest and chess is quite big here at stream it's quite popular at lunch times okay. and seeing that Warhammer game that plays out like similar to chess and so mm, a lot of these boys yeah. are sort of picking up that skirmish mm. and you know regular AOS pretty quickly because of that which is fantastic that's cool I remember I went to Wellington College myself and there was a Warhammer club there uh, but it was mainly run by the boys uh, I think there was a teacher they'd sort of roped into giving over their classroom to it yeah. they ran out at lunch mm-hmm. and you're right it was a bit disorganized yeah <laughs> um so even with your senior boys do you still find that you need to organize everything and get get things moving um uh, recently they've been a lot better mm, um to begin with if we weren't here <laughs> or we were late we had a meeting after school or something that we or we had to deal with something else um, mm. When we got here an hour later, they'd still be sat there arguing over what they were going to play. Um, right. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I guess we we do allow a bit more structure to take place, and you know we might just tell the boys, "Oh, look, try this this week." And Zane's really good at bringing a board game in to introduce them to new stuff uh, if no one's organised anything. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but we're starting to build a really good core group of boys that are starting to take that leadership role now. We've got one boy DMing right now. Um, a cool. D&D yeah. game and um, we've got a few boys that are confident in Age of Sigma now that are you know starting to think about going to tournaments and mm. stuff so they're mm. starting to teach the younger boys one boy's actually wanting to use the club for his Duke of Edinburgh um, I think they have to do a skill um, mm. so he's using that to sort of get himself uh, developed in the hobby um, and tick that off as part of his Duke of Ed which is quite cool sweet so it's almost a leadership opportunity yeah. for some of them gosh yes gosh yes um, and especially yeah. with a school being quite sports orientated, what mm. you'll get is some of these boys do break that mold quite a bit because it shows that mm. flexibility of what type of person you can be. And so mm. fairly often you'll have these like you know the first fifteen rugby boys that'll come in on a Wednesday, or especially when we did Fridays because I think it was the same day they had their training. They'd sort of just come in and they just sit and watch, mm. yeah. which was quite fascinating. And um, as Charlie mentioned um, we've got an, a, a senior boy that's sort of as, as mentioned running D&D out there and it just gives them those little opportunities to step forward step outside of you know what what is the definition of a leader hmm mm. you know it's awesome when my when I was at Col at, at our club definitely the boys that were there were sort of on the margins I guess you know they definitely weren't the cool kids uh, and I know uh, alongside the club, there was you know there'd be a bit of bullying going on. To be honest, you know, kids turning up to make fun of you know the Warhammer Club. But from what you're saying, it seems things may have changed a little bit. Is that fair, or is there still a bit of yeah? You know, I mean, I'm probably an interesting one because I went to St Pat's, so I'm an old boy, and I was in the yeah. first fifteen for three years. So. I guess when they see me running this club and doing it and having coached the teams like the second 15 and under 15s in previous years, um, they kind of take pause and go, oh, you know, I don't have to be a dick if I'm a rugby player type thing. Um, (laughs) um, And and I guess, yeah, I think a lot of things are changing um, in in just uh, modern day culture shifts and, you know, this sort of stuff is getting a lot more mainstream, Um, Mm. you know. The amount of boys that watch 
YouTube videos of video games, all that sort of thing, it's now becoming cool. So there has been a big shift, I think, culturally as well. Uh, and then it helps that they can look at me as a former First 15 player and go, oh, you know, this must be pretty cool if he's playing it type thing, um, mm-hmm. which has helped a lot. It also helps with the space because the space here has the library particularly has been cultivated as this as a very safe yeah. area and it's a mm. judgment free zone and so mm. uh, that in itself working with the image that Charlie's put out towards the club has just been so impactful because I mean as you mentioned Jono um, it was very similar for me when I was at uh, high school I was at Carpenter College we had the war games club there and you know i used to get picked on and things like that by the other people in the school but it never really stopped me from going to the club but that you know animosity was there um Mm -hmm. and here it's just really fascinating to see so many different types of boys engaging with the hobby that's cool and how, how do they engage with the hobby you mentioned that there was a couple of the senior boys who are interested in going to tournaments and i think maybe um, some of them already have, or ex-silver um, streamers yeah. uh, may have already started going to tournaments. Is that the sort of uh, aim of the boys turning up to the clubs, that sort of competitive nature? I think, or is I it... think the boys that have um, sort of moved on, uh, they started going to Games Workshop as their next sort of place mm. to hang out and do things like that. Definitely. And they'd heard me talk about you know going to tournaments and things like that as well. So I think that was just a, oh, that's a pathway they could go through. Um, also, mm. we've kept in touch. So it's like, oh, hey, guys, Notorious is coming up. Um, have you thought about going? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going. So it's sort of a bit of an excuse to hang out as well. Um, cool. I think we shake Seamus down every week about call to arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's signed up. I think he's on the registry. The little list. Oh, good. good. Yeah, good. yeah. I good. think he. I was talking to. He was doing some painting in the boarding house last night because I work at the boarding house as well. Um, okay. So he was. He's busy trying to get his army ready. I think. So yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of just an avenue of where do you go? And I think um, mainstream video gaming has helped that image as well. Oh, that yeah. Gosh, you know, yes. with it becoming an esport culture that's being developed massively in in mm. the young generation coming through that, oh, that's the logical progression. I like playing this. Um, how can I play it again? And then they see these tournaments come up, and yeah. Hmm, hmm. The, you mentioned it, it sort of evolved out of the chess club. Was there a lot of poaching, I guess, from the club? Is there inter-game animosity <laughs> at school? Um, that we run on because we're after school chess usually goes through lunch times yes, and because lunchtime. our school is slightly different that we've got shorter lunch times so we, we found lunch times a bit impractical to, to actually yeah. have a club yeah. going because by the time meetings. everyone's here and we've got yeah. meetings it's just after school is better for us so we actually are not clashing so if boys want to do both they can um, it's just a bit quieter in winter with um, a lot of the winter sports and most of their practices tend to be yeah wednesday mm. afternoon but you know summer it'll you know rise back up again mm-hmm. oh cool recently games workshop have been pushing the sort of the supporting of clubs particularly school clubs is that something you've been involved in the school alliance i think it's yeah called, could be um, i've been yeah. so as i say um, the local managers in wellington law hut luke and um, nathan They've been massively supportive of me over the last couple of years and obviously got me um, signed up for the, the club. 
um, mm. the school, what, I can't remember what it's called, the school club pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we also <laughs> had um, an initiative at our school where we basically um, got a week to do oh, whatever yes. we wanted to do as teachers that wasn't right. curriculum linked or school linked or anything like that. So I put my hand up and I pretty much told Zane he was doing it as well. <laughs> we're going to do a week of Warhammer uh, or of the hobby. So yeah. I thought, how are we going to do this? So got in touch with the local games workshops and said, look, I've got, I think we had 96 boys Something like doing that. it um, over three days. Um, how wow. can we do this? And they hooked us up with um, some of their intro models um, and some extra paints and brushes that um, we could borrow off them to just introduce these boys to a build paint and then because they all had one model they could then play a sort of we made this hybrid 40k and AOS sort of skirmishy game yeah that, yeah. so it was that split so you know some boys are going to latch on to fantasy a lot easier than other boys are going to latch on to that, that sort of uh, science fiction future futuristic yeah. 40k sort yeah. of situation and just, you know, I think the hardest thing for me that week was taking Kill Team and then simplifying it even further than it is because it's already wow. so yeah. devilishly simple. But you have yeah. half an hour to play, to teach and play a, a game with boys. And it ended up turning into, all right, all you boys are working as a team and you're going up against my Gene Sealer cultists and right. just watching boys go I'm not going after you right now because we need to work together to take out Mr. Burkett and it's like oh, okay guys <laughs> yeah you work together if that's what you think's going to win um, yeah yeah no, that's cool but yeah I mean Games Workshop mm. so supportive of, of us doing that all I did was give them a quick uh, quick message on Facebook and they're like yeah come in have a chat how can we help um, obviously it then rolls on to help them if, if these boys get into it and we jumped yeah. numbers from that one week of sort of I guess it could be a recruitment drive for the club <laughs> and uh, yeah. we've gone from a staple of probably six players last year to about 16 this year yeah. wow um, yeah so it's been it's been awesome that they can they can do that and want to do that yeah yeah even with the recruitment drive 96 boys out of a roll of 700 750 it's a massive proportion yeah. uh, what do you think draws the guys towards this sort of game something which you know it doesn't have the instant gratification of video games it doesn't have the sort of uh you know endorphin rush of sport um you know you don't you don't get famous like you might with acting yeah. um what draws boys towards it when there are so many months i might say better certainly cheaper options yeah i think for me what i've seen over the years is because it is a tactile um hobby that you really don't need any digital I mean there's so many digital resources that help you do the hobby but you don't actually need any of that and I put in the rule that there was no phones to be used and that was part of our whole water week um, message for the school was we're going to do activities that don't need any technology so it's trying to get yeah. the boys away from you know their lives are pretty much plugged in that's it's yeah. just the status of, of our, our youth coming through so, you know, when I, I sort of suggested we do this hobby week, the school loved it because they're like, oh, and it's got nothing to do with devices or video games. I said oh, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, oh, this is awesome. Yep, you can run it. Take as many days as you want sort of thing. Um, so I think the boys actually got attracted to that because it's now not the norm. You know, it's not the norm to be plugged okay. in, to be constantly looking at a screen. It's 
oh, I've actually got hands and can use them for something other mm. than a controller and I can paint a model <laughs> and little things like that. And then to see yeah. the sort of randomness of a dice, you know, dictate what's going to happen next and so them actually having to, yeah, all those think. little little aspects that make the game fun. Like, there's, to, for me, there is nothing more satisfying than pulling out a tape measure and seeing what's in range of a warp lightning cannon. And just getting, <laughs> that, getting that rush of excitement and then boys will get that as well because you know males were not complicated creatures um no. and so you know and i think last week yeah last year with the holder week there was just this one instance where a student was rolling five dice and i was like hey if you want to if you're going to do well you know four of those have to be sixes and he rolled sixes and just that look of satisfaction <laughs> and he, had, he sort of had no idea what he was doing anyway but he knew he had to roll something and it had to be high and it was and so yeah. he was just like whoa yeah so those, those little little things because you mentioned i mean with modern video gaming it's all about that instant gratification and there is that instant gratification in warhammer and other miniature yeah. based yeah. games but it's almost more of a slow burn yeah. so mm. rather than it just wearing off straight away like for, for example say fortnite and Take, get a kill in Fortnite, and then that's that's it. That's that moment over. Yeah. With Warhammer, it's oh, I've done one good thing. Let's see how many I can stack up so I can have a really good thing. Yeah, no, that's fair. How with the, with the boys when they get into it and they're loving it at high school and they're getting all the support from Games Workshop. How how successful do you think they are when they um when they leave? school and they no longer have access to you know the sort of this dedicated time they have these teachers looking after it and they get the support the free support from games workshop uh, how many of them carry through trey winnaker yeah. is the yeah. example i have of yeah. oh, and jared angus yeah. The, yeah the two from last year are just prime examples yeah. of what you can become after playing <laughs> this hobby in high school they're just I, I, I sort of adopted them like my sons, to be honest. I mean, I'm only 24, but I'll take them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just, I think what works so well for the Wellington area is the community itself. So we have this community within the school where they learn to play, but it's so, and as Charlie mentioned, that next step being playing in games workshops, such an easy yeah. environment to get into. The logical next step is the wider community. And the community's just accepted them and honed them mm. and made them better and welcomed them. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing by forming, I guess, I mean, looking at the boys that are out in front of us right now, they would probably not be a group of friends that would just meet in the playground. So they form this friendship group that then has a common thing that they love. They go out into the big bad world and universities and things might split them up. But, you know, if we look at Jared and Trey, they stay together. There's one other, but he doesn't do too many of the tournaments. But they have sort of formed this group and, yeah, as I say, went to games workshops, hung out, kept the hobby going. Then the community's got them. So it's sort of, I guess what we're doing here is mimicking the community. So there's an easy transition to get involved with outside of school. Um, And most of them have started to dabble in getting armies and things like that. Um, so in terms of what we offer them for you know for free it's it's a one model thing and you know the paints and our expertise is what they sort of use but mm. by the end of three years they're usually beating us <laughs> I mean they were beating me before I mean <laughs> so I mean I've only been playing Age of Sigma for about a year because uh, I was in Auckland for a while and I've always been a painter when it comes to Warhammer and right. 
it's sort of just coming to this club was the first time that I really played Age of Sigma. Played a lot of seventh um, with fantasy battles and and whatnot, but it's just this coming here and playing with these boys and they were just smoking me each week and I sort of can't do the whole oh you know um, you're, you're beating me because I'm letting you win it was you're smashing me because you're yeah. better than me um, yeah. yeah I think I think this is where I guess the change in cultures happen when some of the first 15 boys or the older boys come in and, and go what's going on in here and they see these boys beating us mm. and they go oh sir you're winning like, nah. <laughs> or, Man, the trash talk's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the trash though. talk's pretty good at school level as well. So uh, yeah. they come in and go, oh, who's your money on? And they're like, oh, now nah, I've got you, sir. You're, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm backing you. And I go, wrong horse to back the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm having flashbacks to high school myself now as well. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, Trey, you mentioned Trey is a great example. He plays seventh uh, out of 48 at Notorious GT. And he was up against, in the last game, James Page, who eventually what by winning the game came first uh, overall so trey's definitely done incredibly well um being fresh out of high school yeah i'd like to Is say he out of high school? An, yeah. sorry i'd like to say it's his analytical mind and his commitment to you know really learning the mm. game um but it was definitely us you know we're we're, we're yeah. the reason he's well, he success. cut his teeth a lot yeah. on my clan rats um, <laughs> <laughs> we're but then that's why we became teachers because we're actually crap at the game. And <laughs> yeah, is it? If you can't do uh, it, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. And you, you, you say the community's done really well at getting them involved, which which is great to hear. Do you think there's anything else that can be done to sort of help solidify these young minds? I guess coming through these high high school clubs, coming out into the real world, doing air quotes here, uh, and is there anything we can do to lock them in? What do you think really works, I guess, is what I'm saying, to get keep them in the hobby, keep them engaging with the community once think, they've left those school uh, clubs? Yeah, I think our success has been that we're both in that community, and uh, mm. that's not going to be the case at every school club. Mm. Um, you know, what? I, I'm not sure what the answer is to getting you know the wider community involved at schools. Is it making, uh, I don't know, clubs at a more neutral area I don't, I don't know but like is um, it doing tournaments based around high school kids is it you know doing you know, more games workshop open days yeah uh, i don't think yeah i don't think there's a clear answer to it no but one thing that i know for sure that is working is that age of sigma and 40k there's no gatekeeping there is mm. definitely no gatekeeping and that is just boosting the community so much uh which I, I mean, growing up playing, you know, playing Warhammer and stuff like that, no one was particularly pr- protective of the hobby. It's always, mm-hmm. hey, you want to give this a go, and that's still mm-hmm. continuing to this day. And I think because people are becoming more and more encompassing, and geek is what geek is chic. Yeah, exactly. Because so <laughs> of, of that whole yeah. mentality, people are actually willing to give something like this a go. I got my partner into Warhammer painting. And I mean, she paints better than me, and I've been painting for years, and that annoys me. But I'm not allowed to be annoyed by it. I'm not allowed to be annoyed. No. But there's that flexibility. Yeah. Mm. And I think we've we've talked about, um, and I'm, I've been talking to Nathan for a couple of years now about trying to get an inter-school league going. Um, and I think that would be a great thing. Maybe having like a I don't know a one-off tournament, or um, our school has traditional fixtures every year. Um, mm. 
don't mm. think I've got myself organised enough for the St Pat's town because there's two St Pat's in Wellington. Yeah. Um, but you know the school is at that level now where it's not just rugby and, and football mm. that are the sports. The basketball mm. have been added. We've got debating for yeah. one of them. Um, so I see my logical step for this club is to try and get a fixture against another school at that time that boys that don't want to watch the rugby or whatever want to come and um, watch us play and that just hopefully will snowball. Um, mm. But yeah, maybe mm. a, a, a school tournament or something. A school tournament would um, be awesome. Just to mm. bridge that gap a bit easier. But yeah. Yeah, so small connections as well between one to two schools and then a third and then a fourth. And I mean, that's naturally how, you know, that's it'll progress. And, you know... With, as Charlie mentioned with those traditional fixtures that we have here uh, I, I'd i like to say two and a half years three years we could look at the possibility of actually you know Warhammer between schools being a reality and yeah. it's just about getting you know students interested and allowing them to be interested yeah. and allowing them to you know and the club here is quite fortunate to have both Charlie and I as well with the resources that we have I mean, I mean, Charlie's got more resources than me, but having, <laughs> you know, having that love for the hobby, it rubs off really well on the boys. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we think back to Notorious, I mean, I don't do do Flash Notorious, uh, but uh, that doesn't matter. Oh, but the boys seeing seeing me get smoked every get every game. I mean, I know Sh- I know Seamus was enjoying the fact that I was getting my ass beat every game. <laughs> yeah. um, and. Yeah. Come, come to school the next week and some of the students going oh so how'd the tournament go because you just sort of idly mention it in class and then yeah. it's like oh didn't go so flash oh you we know Mr Lloyd said you came last and you go oh <laughs> 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 okay. right. so you reckon it's, it's the the lack of gatekeeping that's sort of the key thing letting these uh, kids join in maybe yeah. uh, doing well maybe not doing so well if they're turning up to these tournaments um, but being still being encouraged and still being engaged with the community that's key yeah yeah key yeah. that is definitely key yeah awesome well saying for everyone to keep in mind then i guess going <laughs> yeah yeah going and I, I don't know if if, if you, you know some of the community have got you know kids at college level and and want to offer that as a i don't know if that, we're all really really busy i mean we're just mm lucky we have to be made to do an extracurricular activity as part of our job so i just made <laughs> warhammer an extracurricular activity so i can take that box Indeed. but um yeah I, d- I don't know if that's a, that's an answer to some of the schools that maybe don't have a uh, adult that can help guide them i think that is key as you say you know at wellington college just having uh, having someone there to allow the boys to facilitate is what would work yeah because i mean you know if my parents understood my hobbies, I don't think I'd do my hobbies. Yeah. Growing right. up. And I think it's because they didn't understand it, they were able to allow me to enjoy it more. And it sounds mm. like a really cryptic way of putting it, but even if you've if you got a teacher that's there really enjoying the hobby, then naturally boys are going to flock to it. But if you've just got someone there that's willing to help, willing to try and understand, I think that's what works. Mm. I think that, that's key. Okay. So I guess in a way... Uh, the hobby is can be a tool for this sort of self-expression of boys as they're growing up. They oh, can have their cool. army, they have their performance, they have their paint schemes and so on. Do you think that's important? 
Oh, hugely. And I think it's, again, one of those appeals that the boys don't consciously, you know, see that it's something that they don't have in their lives that they can truly show what they're they're good at. Um, You know, whether it's being good at the game or being good at painting and building models um, or just knowing a lot of the law. Um, You know, some boys thrive off just reading. Mm -hmm. We've got a few boys that just come to see sort of understand the history and sort of um, laws behind all the games and it also allows them to express qualities that we never um, saw in them I mean Trey is a good example that we actually um, sat down at the end of last year and said look with the work he's done at the Warhammer Club there's some leadership awards I think he actually deserves one of those um, to sort of recognise that he took this and owned it and um, has sort of helped build the club up so it allows the boys to to really show that leadership we were talking about before Excellent Yeah, and I can say definitely Trey and Jared they've turned up to a couple of events Um, they've turned up to both of the ones I've run so far as well as Notorious and definitely as a community we're glad to have them definitely particularly if Trey keeps performing (laughs) as well as he does Yeah No, that's cool Well, I think that's that pretty much sums up the conversation really talking about what the boys get out of the club and what we can do to support them further uh, I guess a quick a quick little question that I've always been curious about which is more popular 40k or AOS so when I first started the club four years ago it was 40k no mm. one played um, AOS it was that weird transition period though between 8th and um, Age of Sigma uh, right. then Age of Sigma happened and the the one thing I'll say about Age of Sigma is the way they launched it was you know with the free uh, war scrolls and everything like that for me trying to get kids engaged with it was so much easier than 40k <laughs> needing a codex and you know yeah. all that sort of stuff and at that stage the rules had bloated quite a bit to be complicated um, mm. I think boys naturally like sci-fi gun mm. you know Fortnite is you know sort of the, all the flavor at the moment so if you give them mm. two models one with a gun and one with a shield and sword they'll probably go for the um the sort of sci-fi one i mean last year was a testament to that yeah how many well everyone wanted chaos right yeah it was like no cultists <laughs> left no chaos space marines left <laughs> yeah um but when they start playing i think age of sigma certainly is the easier game for them to get their hands around uh their heads around sorry and they, they just they enjoy it more mm. um you know the few times we've sort of even done kill team it's still you know quite yeah i mean you're running those few kill team games and the boys quite like it but you can tell that in their minds they they kind of want to see uh big you know big yeah magical strange battles like for example one that i can think of is fairly often playing against trey with sylvaneth and me with my skaven and just, it's like, what am I looking at? This doesn't make sense. Why are the, what are these rats doing? What are these trees doing? What's going on? <laughs> right. Whereas with right. 40k, right. you go, okay, so we've got the bad guys with the guns and we've got the good guys with the guns. And right. I mean, it's definitely there. The boys love it. But I mean, I think at the moment, H Sigma is probably the more, more popular. Yeah. Sort of lean oh, towards that fantasy. That's cool. Got the, sort of the spectacle of it, I guess. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's quite grand. Cool. It was quite grand, as Charlie mentioned, in its release and it still holds that level of grandeur now. I think the other Mm. thing that sort of helps is that we, 
we're lucky with it. We've got me and Zane that can actually outfit the club to look good in terms of the battles that the boys play on are playing on. You know, the neoprene mats, the decent terrain. Yeah, their models might not be painted, but they've mm-hmm. got that you know immersion straight away i remember you know playing with my mates with the you know books under a cloth and form a hill and you know your, yeah. your polystyrene that's still white buildings and all that sort of stuff yeah. that you've ripped out the tv box and whatever mine was the, my favorite was the uh ice cream container and you cut a hole in it yep and you go look it's a dwarven fortress yeah so <laughs> <laughs> i think they see that and then obviously go into a games workshop see the spectacle that it is and and you know that's that's really cool for these kids um, and then when you tell them that you've built and painted all of that, they just think that's amazing. And it's something yeah. that, again, I think is missing in modern day youth culture that they don't do enough for that sort of hands-on stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Well, I guess to sort of segue into the last thing I want to talk about, sort of accessibility of it. Uh, Warhammer's not known as a cheap hobby, uh, particularly in Australia and New Zealand. It can be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the students you're working with you know they don't have full-time jobs um almost all of them will not even have part-time jobs Uh, how do you get around that the cost barrier do they just sort of find a way to get models or is it important to provide i guess armies massively Mm. important to provide initially um you know they can we've got a, a a club army which is the stormcast army um We've got a club 40k. We've got two club 40k armies, um, and obviously our own models. Mm-hmm. That I'm I'm happy for them to use those and things. And it's just I guess I think it might be part of the reason they like it is the rewarding part of just slowly building up a collection. Um, you know, Christmases and mm-hmm. birthdays, the typical ways kids get get into this sort of this hobby. It is a barrier. Um, yeah. But again, you know, I look at it and I look at what some of these boys spend money on. Um, And (laughs) to be honest, it's not an expensive hobby. Uh, You know, you look at what uh, the average video game costs now, how long you play that for, you know, the consoles themselves. You know, boys Mm. are talking about building PCs that are a couple of grand, you know, ordering monitors that are 400 bucks, you know. So that cost of being able to do the i guess the video game side of things is is you know is up there now mm. it's not it's not cheap in itself um mm-hmm. and when i whip out seven models from when i was seven years old and say look i'm still using these and they go oh you know wow i can you know what i buy now is going to be used in that much time you know later down the track is you drop, quite cool. you drop the old it might actually be worth more hey. <laughs> yeah. nice but yeah so yeah. i guess you know it, it's if they're serious about it they'll go I, I guess it's like with any hobby they'll go head first in I, mm. you know Trey and Jared uh, loved it so much they, they went out and bought full armies I had one um, student a couple of years ago he went out and bought I think it was 4,000 points worth of Necrons <laughs> um, that wow. literally within a week like I don't know where he got that money um, but you know parents uh, a lot. I think parents are very receptive to this type of hobby again because of the shift in culture towards digital mm. technology means that if their kids come to them and want to do something different yeah. that makes them read books makes them do math to build army lists and makes them paint and have something to show for three hours of sitting in your room rather than yeah. you know just having sat on a, on a video game um, parents love it they really do yeah. love it that conversation with my parents years ago was like Zane, where's all your money going? 
Oh my gosh, he's spinning it on drugs? No, no, it's Warhammer. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to this day, I can't afford drugs. I spent it on Warhammer. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Cool. All right, well, uh, thank you very much for joining me, guys, taking time out of your, your club afternoon. Well, thank you. No, thank you very much yeah. for having us. Excellent. Cool. Hopefully I'll see you around uh, at a at Call to Arms, maybe. Yeah, definitely no, not coming last this time. <laughs> <laughs> definitely That's not. We're, gun- we're right. gunning for second to last. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Fight it, fight it out with Seamus. Yeah, all we'll do. Yeah. We won't tell him yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, Seamus. No. Practice makes perfect. Exactly. No, I think he's, he's, he's really working hard on his list at the moment, so uh, he won't, he'll probably give us a practice game next week, I think. Excellent. But, uh... Cool. Right, and I was glad to see that he'd signed up uh, to yeah. call to arms. It'll be good to see him there. Cool. Awesome. All right, cool. All right. Well, have a good evening, guys. See you well later. Done, you. See you later. See ya. See ya. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. If you're keen to help out your local clubs, I'd encourage you to post in your local Facebook groups and see what you can do. You've heard what an excellent resource these clubs are for kids, and I'm sure donations of terrain and miniatures wouldn't go amiss. Coming up in the New Zealand calendar, we've got a couple of events. The Auckland Model Citizens and Hobbymaster NZ are holding a one-day event in Auckland called Souls 5 on July 28, and there'll be a pizza lunch provided. Call to Arms, the annual event held by the Wellington Warlords Club, is coming up on the 3rd and 4th of August, and the AOS portion will be a 2,000-point event run by myself and Matt Watkinson. It'll be at St. Patrick's College in Kilburnie. And thirdly, we have DonkeyCon, a two-day event in Christchurch on the 10th and 11th of August. It's 1,750 points, and it promises to be a unique and novel event. It's bring your own donkey, and if you can only make a single day, the TOs have indicated that's perfectly fine, just let them know. If you're in the region, pop in. Give it a go. And that about sums it up for this episode. Uh, The musical interludes have been Waste Time by Vincent Augustus. If you want any information on these events that I've just mentioned, you can find them on the New Zealand AOS Facebook page, as well as other events coming up later in the year. If you want to contact me, you can find me in that Facebook group, as well as on Twitter, at Distracted Satrap. Otherwise, kakete ano, and happy wargaming.